You know, sometimes trying to keep up with uh, global politics is like trying to play chess like in 3D or 4D, you know? It's like there's too many different angles. There's a lot going on. It's hard to keep up with it all. And we get really focused on looking at the trees instead of the forest. Um, but we, I think, need to take a step back and look at where America uh, is on the world stage, what our position is. We used to have this place, as Reagan called it, you know, on the hill, uh, the city on the hill. And it's seemingly not the case anymore. We've got sanctions against Russia now. We've got a, a you know, a relationship between Saudi Arabia and Canada that is falling apart. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. We've got Iran and on and on the list goes. Well, I need help getting through all this because uh, not my specialty, but that's why Brett Bruin is joining us on the phone. He is a former U.S. diplomat and president of the Global Situation Room. How are you, Brett? Doing great, Dana. How are things down in Atlanta? I mean, here in our in our little tree in the forest, we're okay. But I, I really do want to take a step back and sort of look at where we are uh, on the global stage politically because it's concerning. Uh, all of these things are concerning. And I know you just had an article come out uh, on CNN.com about the uh, Canadian Saudi Arabian situation, which I want to get to in just a second. But can we start with the Russian sanctions? Talk to me uh, a little bit about where we are with that and what you think that does on the world stage. So unfortunately, I don't think despite the hype that the sanctions do a lot. And it's because we have this um, uh, this challenging um, situation with the administration, where on the one hand, you've got last week five agency heads from national security departments saying, uh, we take the Russian threat seriously. And then that very night, Trump goes out to a rally and says it's a hoax. Similarly, you know, we issue these sanctions, and yet at the same time, we've got Senator Paul over there with a note from President Trump saying, hey, let's be friends. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, it's like it's like grade school. Um, well, and I, want, I, I agree with you, by the way. I, I agree that these sanctions are going to do very little. I was mentioning in the last segment that uh, some analysts are saying, even just from a financial perspective and all of that, it just doesn't matter all that much, not to mention on a how it looks uh, standpoint. But I also wondered and wanted to get your take on, if we're going to place sanctions on Russia, why wouldn't we do that over the meddling, over the, 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 you know, the meddling in our elections? That seems we have clear evidence of that. Yeah, and, and Trump will say, well, Obama slapped some sanctions on a few Russian oligarchs and close, uh, folks close to the Kremlin, but we've seen the meddling continue. And right. if anything, it's spread to other sectors. Uh, there have been Russian uh, hackers trying to get into our energy system, into other private sector uh, businesses. We've got to send a clear message to Moscow that they have to cut this off Otherwise, there will be serious consequences. Right. And the sanctions that we have uh, now put in place regarding this uh, chemical attack in Europe, the conditions have nothing to do with Russian uh, meddling in the elections. There's nothing saying fix that or we'll continue to give you sanctions. It's fix your chemical program. And let me unpack the the diplomatic uh, protocol here. When you're serious about sanctions, you don't send them out as a statement from the press secretary of the State Department. You put them out in the name of the Secretary of State or the President or some other significant figure. This is sort of the lowest bar for having to issue uh, sanctions, and they're really trying to downplay it. So I don't think they're serious about it. So it's a little bit of a, uh, I'm trying to throw out a slap on the wrist so I can prove I'm tough on Russia, but I'm not really doing anything. 
Exactly. And, and so the administration can play to the critics in Congress who say, you've got to do something, and they get to point to this and say, we have done something, now get off of our backs. Unbelievable. Brett Bruin on the phone with us right now. He is president of the Global Situation Room and an experienced uh, U.S. diplomat, been through uh, all of this kind of stuff on multiple occasions. I want to talk specifically, Brett, about uh, the meddling in the upcoming election in the midterms. It, it, we're getting close here to time. And so we know that, you know, from even just the reports what, a week or two ago from Facebook, that meddling is continuing. We're seeing uh, more of that happening what can be can the government can those four or five people that stood up there at the podium last week can they do anything to help uh, prevent that in in these upcoming elections? You know, I was on Morning Joe last Friday, and I, I put forward a really simple idea that I've gotten good feedback on from both uh, parties, which is let's create a czar for information warfare. We need someone, one person who is going to take responsibility, who's going to have the resources. Right now, you've got five different agencies doing their own thing. None of them are really coordinated. None of them really have resources. And, and I would ask a simple question to members of Congress. At the end of the day, who is responsible for this? Yeah. And it does seem, too, like this is a bigger threat in modern times than things we spend billions on sometimes. Absolutely. And you, just, you compare it to just you know, the cybersecurity issue. And we've got to unpack the confusion often and conflation of, on the one hand, yes, hacking is a problem and as it is used to meddle in our elections. We've got a whole other problem, which is information warfare, the manipulation of information, the exploitation of our democracy. And we have almost no resources dedicated to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if we were to put somebody in place like you're talking about, uh, who would they report into in your mind? I think what you need is a, a presidential uh, level uh, official. This is someone who, um, like the special representative we appointed to, to tackle ISIS, you've got to have someone who is the president's point person on this issue and can knock heads together, can overcome some of the bureaucratic obstacles, can get the resources they need to get things done. Um, it's if the, if they have to report into the president, just a question, could this ever really happen if the president isn't buying into the fact that it's necessary? You know, there is always a need for presidential leadership, but short of presidential leadership, appointing someone who is going to have uh, the uh, aura, the, the authority of, of the White House will help a lot. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like go old school here, just cross my fingers that they're listening to you, Brett, because I feel like it's a good idea, too. Uh, I think we've all worked for uh, in jobs where we've had more than one boss from different departments trying to tell us what to do, and it never works. So uh, I like the idea of sort of a central person who can make sure everybody is not doing double work and is getting the right work done. Um, but I also feel like it's August and the elections are just a few months away. And yeah. So. Yeah, all the more reason to get somebody uh, in place who can quickly get things done. Because right now, what, what you heard last week from the podium at the White House uh, briefing room was a, a dog and pony show. Yeah. It, it was bringing out uh, some guys in uh, uniform, some uh, folks who look uh, serious to say, we're taking this seriously, but it doesn't actually uh, present a strategy. They didn't present any new resources, and it wasn't clear that someone is actually going to be running point on this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you're you're very right about that. It was like, hey, look, we're all standing here. We're tough. And then, but then what? Um, all right, I want to shift gears uh, for just a second, Brett, because I know we only have limited time and there's so many things to talk about. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Saudi Arabia and Canada. So the gist of this is, again, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but the gist of this is uh, a Canadian ambassador, I think it was, right, tweeted about uh, an unfair treatment or poor treatment of a, a human rights activist by Saudi Arabia. And essentially, Saudi Arabia just went crazy and said, that's it. You're out of the country. All Canadians or all Saudi Arabians are out of Canadian hospitals. Like we're ending diplomatic relations with Canada. Screw you guys, basically. Yep. And and normally what you would see is uh, Canada, the U.S., Europe would criticize uh, some human rights con- conduct in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, yes, they would bristle at the thought of, what they see is um, unwarranted intervention in their internal affairs. And maybe there would be diplomatic notes passed back and forth, but uh, the scale was completely disproportionate to what was, quite frankly, a pretty standard critique of um, what happens in Saudi Arabia. And so you were saying in your article uh, that just went up earlier today on CNN.com that this is a sign of sort of Saudi Arabia recognizing that the U.S. is no longer going to stand with Canada as an ally on something like this. This was a moment where they felt like, hey, we're a bigger player than Canada. We can push them around and no one's going to stop us, correct? It's the absence of American leadership. America, for decades, had played the role of a stabilizer. They uh, were setting the tone. They were helping to resolve some of these issues. And um, regional powers like Saudi Arabia knew that they couldn't cross the line. Now, with the U.S. Um, withdrawing with you know, what I've termed the end of the era of American leadership on the world stage, you don't have the U.S playing that role. And so when Donald Trump talks about America first, what he is saying is everyone else last, and we're seeing the consequences of that now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I guess the question is, does this get worse? I mean, not just between Saudi Arabia and Canada, but who is the next you know, power? Is it China? Is it, uh, is it Russia? Is it North Korea? Is it somebody else who says, well, look what Saudi Arabia just did to Canada. Now we can do whatever we want in this corner of the world or that corner of the world, right? I think you're going to see uh, countries that are increasingly emboldened to uh, take on uh, these sort of brash and, and bold uh, stances. And it's going to be destabilizing for the world, not just politically, but economically uh, and even militarily. So I don't want to, like, you know, uh, end this conversation with, like, feeling like, you know, the world is ending and we're all going to have to go cry. So so let me just uh, mention also that at the end of your article, you do say that individuals, even though our government isn't doing really what we want in terms of coming to Canada's aid in this case, people can, individuals can help, institutions can help. H- how can we help? Yeah, I, I think this idea of citizen diplomacy is even more important today than it was a few years ago. So, you know, people, organizations, even companies can take a stand, can help to, you know, create a movement. We've seen it work with uh, issues like um, uh, harassment in the workplace, with um, concern about, you know, we're coming up on the anniversary of Charlottesville. Um, These um, citizen-led movements 
need to also um, move beyond our border. And I think that's where um, the U.S. can continue to play a role if we're driving uh, conversations, if we're driving concern uh, beyond our shores. Awesome. Brett, thank you so very much for your time, as always. Always great to get your feedback and uh, expertise. Again, that was Brett Bruin. He is a veteran U.S. diplomat and, again, president of the Global Situation Room. Always has great stuff to add uh, to help us put some of these uh, global situations in perspective.